On this episode of Out of Office Bros, we've got the Broncos starters review, the Colorado Rockies rest of the season, the best thing we watched this week, and blind ranking the best beers. This is Out of Office Bros. Let's hit it. What is up, everybody? This is another episode of Out of Office Bros. I am D-Train. My co-host with me today is Mr. Scotty L. How are we doing today, buddy? Oh, living the dream, D-Train. How you doing? Oh, yep. Hanging in there. Hanging in there, my man. Uh, Watching that preseason game on Friday, though, really gave me the frights. I mean, we had our predictions. I said 9-8. and You said 8-9. and the way the starters looked out there on Friday, I would say that we would be lucky to hit those numbers. Granted, yeah, it's, just a, it's, the... it's just a preseason game. That's what we that's what we have to remember. Yeah, that that was just brutal to watch, though. Like you said, it's preseason. I keep going back to the old adage of, "Hey, the Patriots when they went, you know, undefeated all the way through till the Super Bowl, they were." Winless in the preseason, they went 0-4. Mm-hmm. And the Detroit Lions, in that 0-16 season, they were 4-0. I am going to hold out that hope, but my God, does it seem like issues have carried over from last year. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's it got to start with Russ. Oh, absolutely. I, he's I don't the, think he's the common denominator here. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't play a bad game, but it wasn't what we gave up for him quality-wise. We gave up how many first-round picks and mortgaged our entire future on this guy who looks no better than Jimmy G. I mean, honestly, right now, it looks like we're going to have the worst quarterback in the AFC West. Right. And, well, something that I do want to say, though, is that when you look at his stat line, it's not as bad as it looked watching it, if that makes sense. He went 7 of 13 for 93 yards with a touchdown. And granted, 21 of those 93 yards were on that touchdown, which was a beautifully designed play. I mean, Jerry Judy was wide open and and walked into the end zone. I mean, it, it was a beautifully designed play. But... So and his quarterback rating was over 100. They, they gave him a 102.4, which on, on any given day, if you were to stretch that out over four quarters, that's a phenomenal stat line. It really is. You're you're throwing for almost 400 yards. You're at you know 360. You're you have four touchdowns, no interceptions. But it but it didn't look good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like none of it looked good. It, it looked really uninspired the play design on the touchdown was amazing jerry judy if he can stay healthy i think he's gonna have a good year but at the end of the day like i i don't believe that stat line would have honestly held up throughout the course of four quarters i really don't um just judging by how the offense was crawling along throughout most yeah. of that game yeah. at least with the starters i I love, would love to extrapolate that into Russ throwing for, you know, 360 yards, four tutties. I, I just don't see it. I, I really don't. I mean, he he didn't look sharp. He didn't look ready. I, I wonder if maybe, and I feel terrible saying this because I'm happy for the guy on a personal level, but him becoming a father could not help our season. It He's really been could. that a long, it's been that a long time. 
Yeah, but <sighs> something about being in having a new baby coming in the house, like I, I'd have to imagine I don't have kids, but I'd have to imagine like it doesn't matter whether it's your first or fifth, it, it's gonna affect you mentally and I don't know. Maybe maybe he needs to go do ayahuasca with like Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that'll help. You know, I, why not? Like, like at at a certain point, like you, like you, like you gave Rogers a ton of shit the last episode that we did, but like whatever works, works at the end of the day, like all of these dudes, like they all have like pregame rituals and everything like that, that they, that they rely on. Uh, Why not go and try something new? If you think that it's going to end up making a difference for you and, and your team moving forward. Yeah. You do what it takes, right? You want to win in this league? Like, maybe Russ has to get some future on the playlist for the pregame or something. I, I don't really know to piss him off, but whatever he's doing lately ain't working. It's it's not pretty. And the Broncos season is, is not trending great after that preseason game. And the other thing that was really bad that it looked like carried over from last year outside of Russ was the offensive line. It, it was... Yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give the offensive line a little bit of a break because McGlinchey wasn't playing, and he was he was the big, the big get of of our off season. You know, like he's he was supposed to come in here and really and really really make a difference on that O line. Um, and I, I I I think he is a game changer. I mean, you watched him with San Francisco last year. He's a, an absolute road grader down there in the trenches and Ed is really good at pass block as well. But I, I, I'm going to give the O-line a little bit of a pass just because they, I don't think they're a cohesive unit yet. And I think that that happens throughout the preseason. Yeah. And I'm, I'm willing to give a little bit of a pass, right? But it's, it can only go so far in my eyes just because it was so pitiful last year. Right. Yeah. When she is, he he is a difference maker on the offensive line, and I think we need him. I think I can reserve some judgment until he gets in, but looking at the stats, I mean, preseason, granted, week one pressure rates, Russell Wilson was the highest pressured quarterback for week one in the entire preseason. He was pressured wow. on 64% of, his, of the offensive snaps. Next closest was Jake Browning, then Jarrett Stidham, Nathan Rourke, and rounding it out is Tommy DeVito. I don't even know who Tommy DeVito is, and I'd like to consider myself, you know, pretty locked in on the NFL. Yeah, I mean, this is just, it, it's not a good sign of things to come. If if McGlinchey doesn't step in and immediately make that difference like we're hoping he does, I, I don't feel confident in my pick of Broncos taking third in the division. Right. I really don't. It was, it was that bad of a performance. Yeah. And, you know, credit the Arizona Cardinals. I, I, I thought they were going to stink. I thought they'd be terrible. Once again, it's preseason. Take everything with a grain of salt. But they look somewhat competitive. Maybe it's a battle of two bad football teams. Maybe it was Cardinals are better than we all think they're going to be. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, they, it was definitely a surprise that we that we lost that game. And I mean, at, like in all reality, like it doesn't really matter. A lot of those dudes that were playing those final drives, especially like on our defense, probably aren't going to be on the roster. So, you know, like you said, take it take it with a grain of salt. Um, but to, to kind of yeah, to, overall summary of that game, I mean, it just did not look good for the starters. 
I'm really, really hoping that they're able to turn it around or that potentially they were just trying new things out on the offense um, that hopefully by the end or by week one, um, and, 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 you know, we're playing the Raiders, like, right. That's the wink one game. Yeah. Um, that, that we have that, yeah, that we have it figured out and that we're ready to rock and roll. I mean, we have to. We, we really have to. And one thing I will say is our defense continues to look like it's humming along. Um, Vance Joseph had a terrible stint here as head coach. I think we all know that. He may have had mm-hmm. the time of his life. But as a Shout defensive coordinator, I love Sergio. But as a defensive coordinator, he, he is a very solid defensive coordinator. And yeah. I, I think that's going to carry over into the season. Defense has been our bread and butter here since... Peyton got old, and you know that year um, of I think it was Super Bowl Forty Nine year between the devastating loss and the championship that we really saw that transition take place, where the defense became the focal point of this team and the anchor of this team. And I, I think the good sign is that, that carries over, but the bad sign is, is you know can our offense muster up enough points, which they should be able to. It's like 18 points is really all they got to score to win. Right. Well, that, was the inter- that was the interesting stat last year is this, if we, if the offense had scored 18 points, or no, yeah, I think it was 18 points, it would have been a completely different season. Um, you know, compared to, compared to what it was. I mean, there were some outliers there, you know, like that the Rams game on Christmas, like <laughs> – losing that bad. Uh, I think it was like 51 to 14, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, there's definitely some outliers, but yeah, like you said, if the, if the offense can muster up 20 plus points, I mean, we're, we're going to be in every single game. So. Um, yeah, and I think that's what we've got to hold on hope to, right? Is our backers look good. They didn't look great. Uh, Alex, look good. Alex Singleton's a dog. Singleton's a beast. I, I love that guy. I love watching him play, and I love the flow. Our defensive backfield looked good, really solid. And our our front, our defensive front looked more than capable. Like, yeah. We were getting pressures. We were able to lock down on coverage. It's a matter of can Russ in this offensive line do something, anything. That's what our yeah. season hinges on. That's yeah. That's where, you know, our predictions – could fall apart, but we also both said in episode one, like we could see a six win team this year. We really could. And we could also see a 10 or 11 win team. Yeah. It just comes down to us in the offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of, uh, of, you know, over promising under delivering, uh, the team that seems to do it to us every single year, the Colorado Rockies, Mm. man, where do you see, where do you see the future with this franchise? Where I like where we're even like we're like we could start with the rest of this year, but then but then where do we go from here? If we're starting from this year, I'm I'm looking at what a hundred loss team, most likely. Looking at the yeah. record right now, they're the third worst team in all of baseball. They got forty five wins, seventy three losses. That's only better than the Kansas City Royals and the Oakland Athletics. That's not the company you want to be in. I mean Absolutely not. As as we look at the future outlook of the Colorado Rockies, I pray to God there's a for sale sign right out front. 
of Coors Field and we get better ownership because that's where it starts, right? Oh, absolutely. Every everything everything in in sports, uh, particularly professional sports, is it's all trickle down. Everything, every single detail starts at the top. And if you have an ownership group that doesn't care, <laughs> like, that isn't willing to put in that additional effort to create a winning team then then the entire franchise suffers and right. i and i say i say team and franchise is different things because the team is what is put out there on a day-to-day basis the franchise is the overall scope of everything it's the people that are selling tickets it's the the people running the concessions it's everybody suffers if your team is bad because nobody wants to go and pay any money to go into these ballparks and watch dog shit baseball yeah yeah and let's call it what it is. The Rockies will never be good as long as the Montfort ownership group is in place. The fact of the matter is, is we've seen it in town here. We, I mean, Denver is a perfect microcosm of this fact of owners have to care. Yeah. Right. You had Mr. Boland with the Broncos for the longest time. RIP. He wanted to win. He wanted to win as bad as he wanted to breathe. And he invested in the team. He brought in John Elway. He made a huge, huge trade to get paid Manning. Like, okay, yeah, Elway facilitated that deal, but let's be real, it's not happening without Mr. B's sign-off. Right. He wanted that to happen. You know, you look over across the street at Ball Arena and say what you will about the Cronkies and who they are as people. They build winners. They, they build winners. They own the LA Rams, Super Bowl. They own the Colorado Avalanche, Stanley Cup champions. They own the Denver Nuggets, NBA champions. They invest in their teams. They made Nathan McKinnon the highest-paid NHL player. They gave Nikola Jokic a supermax contract, making him one of the highest-paid players in the NBA. The Rockies, meanwhile, and the Moffers, they gave the St. Louis Cardinals $50 million to take a generational third baseman off of our roster. Arguably the best player in franchise history. I don't even know if that's arguable at this point. Probably, I mean, yeah, yeah. Walker was great, Helton was great, but Nolan, Nolan was different, man. And what have the Rockies done? What have the Monforts done? They built a rooftop. Granted, it's the best bar in Denver. I will go there to get drinks, but I never watch a baseball game. Right. Part of that is I don't have a winning team. The other part is baseball is just really boring. Like it, it, It's a boring sport. The sport, I think, it, itself is dying. Yeah. So... And what do you think it's, would have to what do you think would have to change for people to get more invested in baseball? Is it is it having sports books available at all stadiums? Is it like the the pitch clock I feel like has helped. It's definitely sped the game up so that it's no longer four and a half hours. Yeah. I mean games take way too long still, even with the pitch clock. But I like that idea of a sports book. There are tons of stadiums doing it already. I know, mm. you know, Columbus, the Blue Jackets, the hockey team is putting in a sports book in their arena. Um, there are plans to put in the point. They're actually building it right now. The points bet lounge at Ball Arena. Um, that that could help live betting during the games. I I'm a sports betting guy. I love betting on sports. I think it it gives me a vested interest in a game that I otherwise wouldn't care about. 
maybe maybe what would get me more in tune is letting me select a pitch for a couple of innings, like that and controlled football league a couple of years ago that failed miserably. (laughs) And that Johnny Manziel was playing in. Yeah, where they where the fans got to vote on a play that was called. Like let fans do that for half the game with pitches and see how that goes, because that could be fun, or like let us vote on substitutions for the bullpen. Like if some guy is, you know, throwing a no hitter, do we want to pull him out as a crowd? Maybe. Who who knows? But give me some control over the game. Um God, I don't know, institute a fight break where we can watch if I'm watching a Yankees game, I can watch Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Rodgers, those two genetic freaks go manhandle some people on the other team. That oh, could be man. fun. Yeah. I don't know. But baseball's just so boring, man. And I, I think you see it from our generation where that sport is quickly, quickly dying. Yeah, I just don't like I <sighs> I'll I'll use the Nuggets as an example, even though too like with with them going on their championship run, I was I was still probably only watched about half the games on TV. They pro- they had what fourteen playoff games, I think, and I probably watched eight or nine of them. And that's my that's my basketball team. They were going on a run to win the NBA Finals, and I still couldn't invest myself as much as I do in football. And I think that that, I think that that is something that has to do with our generation where I don't like football, man, like those dudes are, are the modern day gladiators. It is a spectacle every single time that you go out there to watch a football game or every time you're sitting on your couch on a TV and watching a football game, these dudes are getting in car accidents every single play. And it's exciting. And, you know, I'm screaming at my TV on any given Sunday for for teams that I don't even necessarily care about because of how exciting those things are that are happening. And baseball yeah, just mean, baseball doesn't have that thrill. I, I think part of it comes down to, honestly, you, you mentioned it, the modern day gladiators, right? Like, part of it is that physicality. I, I'll, I'll sit here and I'll watch every single game of the Stanley Cup playoffs because it, it just means more. And you see these guys laying their bodies on the line. The hits get a little bit harder. Everything gets a little bit more physical. It gets a little more chippy. NFL, it's the physicality. Maybe that's that just inherent desire for a little bit of, honestly, violence mm-hmm. that comes with human nature or at least American culture versus, you know, basketball. It's become a soft game let's call it what it is yeah and baseball i mean my god i we grew up watching prince fielder out there and i i watched prince fielder eat nachos in the middle of the game from a fan <laughs> like that I, I i can't consider that an athlete okay yeah maybe you can hit a 98 mile, mile an hour fastball that's something i could never do but god i can't take a I can't take a hit from von miller or aaron donald or you know i can't skate like nathan mckinnon and take a body check going 20 miles an hour in open ice hell no right yeah and these dudes are popping right back up and getting getting and doing it all over again you know just absolutely it's absolutely crazy um yeah i think i think the one thing that is keeping baseball alive is that there there is something american about going to a ballpark getting a beer having a hot dog 
and and watching what is America's pastime unfold in front of you. Um, but that, yeah, there, but that, but that, but there, there, yeah, there. I mean, there's baseball purists that are out there that are keeping keeping it alive. But I just think I, I don't know. I I'm almost to a point where I think that baseball dies with our generation. It, baseball purists are old. Like they're they're an older generation. They're not they're not going to be around long. And the, our generation needs to be who they're trying to capture. And it, it's it's boring as hell right now. Like what you're seeing is more pitching duels. My take: bring back steroids. You want yeah. baseball to be interesting again? Guess what? The most interesting time of our lives, when everyone in our generation was watching baseball, was when we were kids and you had McGuire and Sosa chasing seventy getting after it out there, hitting dingers over the left field wall, 460 feet. You had Barry Bonds knocking it into McCovey Cove out in San Francisco. And then what? You you outlawed? Okay, I get it. Like you, But at the end of the day, we, we pride ourselves as Americans on our freedoms and all that. If these guys want to put that in their bodies and it's legal, okay, it's your choice. I mean, smoking yeah. is still legal, right? Like, right. You just can't, I think, I think a lot of it, I think you just can't let it affect the youth, if that makes sense. So like, you know, it can't, it can't have it in high schools, can't have it in college. But if the, if these dudes are grown men and they're, and they want to, if they want to go ahead and do that, it's their prerogative, man. Like like you said, I'd rather much, I'd rather much, I would go to more games if I knew if there was a guarantee of dingers getting hit every like every single game the last rockies game i went to there wasn't even a ball that went you know hardly hardly to the middle of center field yeah who cares about a pitching duel who under the age of 55 cares about a pitching duel you won't find a single person like maybe okay maybe you will but they're few and far between yeah give me a home run 10 times out of 10 yeah yeah someone breaking a bat over their thigh because they're that strong like i would rather see some drama and that's what a home run is is drama versus oh here comes justin verlander he's gonna throw a two-seam fastball and strike out a guy okay cool like right. okay let the pitchers juice roger clemens was on it and guess what he was throwing <laughs> 100 that's way more exciting to me if someone's hitting 104 mile an hour fastball hell yeah that's, That's good for them, That's man. Good. Yeah. Like, great. Okay. Let them juice. Bring it back. Yeah. Fine. I. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if I agree with you completely on that, but but I get what you're saying. I, I do okay. because because it would lead to a more exciting brand of baseball. One hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. And while we're at it, let P. Rose in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Claire, I mean, let him in. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree with that. Well. Um, with kind of those two things going on, uh, I have decided that I still need to distract myself from the, you know, piss poor play of the Bronco starters in the preseason of the Colorado Rockies all summer, man. Like I'm honestly, I, I just want baseball season to be over. Like I'm tired of caring. I'm tired of getting the bleach report updates. If the Rockies won or lost and it's usually lost. Like I get like, I always, every single time I get the notification, I'm like, all right, bleach report. I get it. The Rockies lost. You know, like, you know, we've lived with uh, it for years after October. We know, like, it's not surprising to me. It's not surprising to me at all. 
Um, so a segment that I wanted to bring up to our out of office bros audience, uh, as, as well as you is to talk about what the best thing that we watched this week was, uh, it could be a movie, it could be a, a, a TV show, a documentary, just, you know, take a, take a minute or two and talk about what the best thing that you watched this week was. And then, uh, if anybody has also seen said thing, yeah, definitely comment, let us know your thoughts. I mean, I'm a film junkie, so I will, I'll debate you. I will, you know, talk about movies with you. Just hit us up on our socials and I'll absolutely, uh, I'll absolutely, you know, give a little red a tet with you on anything. Um, so yeah, what was the best thing that you watched this week? So I watched a couple things this week. I, I've been really bored. Preseason football, uh, the Broncos took the wind out of my sails on Friday night. So I had to find something else to watch. Um, so I watched The Mick. Not sure if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for any Always Sunny fans out there, it is Sweet D, Deandra, from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She is the aunt of these really, really rich kids. They're Parents get thrown in jail for like tax evasion and all this other stuff. I was literally about and to say she, tax evasion. So yeah, and she basically like has to take over the family, and she doesn't have kids. She's just a train wreck. But it's hilarious. It's a lot of the same humor as Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Just really crude, raunchy humor that's really funny. It's her, her scumbag boyfriend, and then uh, they befriend the maid who has like this really really wild personality after she gets out of having to clean up after all the kids um she starts like taking molly and doing all these different drugs and drinking and partying and going to the casino and all this stuff highly entertaining show probably the best thing i watched this week one thing i watched this week that was not that great was the new movie river wild not sure it's pretty it's trending on netflix at this point i think oh what was it it was uh so it's got um, Taron Killam uh, from SNL, Adam oh, yeah. Brody. Oh, and, uh, that girl from, uh, yeah, from uh, Gossip Girl. Her biggest thing was like Gossip Girl, yeah. Um, they were on a rafting trip, like Taron Killam and Adam Brody are the guides. Adam Brody, uh, I'm not going to ruin anything because it takes place like pretty early on. He's a bad guy. Oh, no. morning. Bad guy. Uh, Taron Killam. Kind of bad guy. Not really. Um, Leighton Meeser is trying to figure it out throughout the movie, and then these other two girls were in it. And they're they're kind of like bit roles. It was alright. Um, pretty, pretty damn predictable, to be perfectly honest with you. And, you know, I'm sitting there like, we went on a rafting trip for our buddy Ethan Larson's bachelor party. Yeah. Awesome. Shout out Straight Ethan. Great float. Yeah, shout out E. Um, you know, that was, a. Uh, am sitting there like expecting something like that, where it was like people kind of cruising on the river, hanging out, having a good time. Uh, it was not that way. And like, I'm still going to go on a rafting trip, but it will give you some second thoughts. I'll be perfectly honest. Cause like, who knows? One of these guys snaps. I could be, I could be the dead guy in the wilderness. And it, and it was one of the guys that's one of the guides that snapped. Yeah. Yeah, it was Adam Brody. Oh, whoa. Yeah, shocker. He, he looks like the guy that would snap. Like, honestly, I mean, always the pretty boys, right? Yeah, it always is. Um, hey, just 
good on a swivel when you're shitting in a bucket. That's all I'm going to well, say. You're yeah. on the river, you're pulling out camp, keep your head on a swivel. Well, and you and I didn't even. You and I, I, could, I couldn't shit on that rafting trip, dude. I, I can't do it when I go yeah, camping. We I, don't know, I, don't know what, I don't know what my deal is. I just, I, I cannot do it. Yeah, and um, it wasn't for lack of trying. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's it. i yeah i just my body just told me i didn't need, i didn't even really have to um so the best well, thing that I, the best thing that i watched this week was actually a, a movie my wife had watched when uh we were gone at another bachelor party uh it was called 13 lives um and 13 lives was about do you remember this was in 2018 there was a soccer um a soccer team in thailand that went exploring into some caves after practice and it, it started like downpouring because it was like an early monsoon season and they got trapped in there and it was the story of the divers that and how they were able to like get them out and um it had it's vigo mortensen so literally aragorn is in it uh colin farrell um uh tom bateman uh you know it was just it was a really 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 good movie and the best part about it was probably the audio and sound mixing because a lot of the a lot of the scene is them and and i'm scuba certified so this is why i found it so fascinating was is that these dudes are trained to one mentally but and two physically be able to be scuba diving through these caves and stalactites and stalagmites and all this stuff for up to six and a half hours can you imagine the mental the mental strain that that takes on a person to be able to like do that and like and i guess you know like the thai navy seals were also like a part of that so like they had to have that sort of training as well um but yeah the sound mixing and the audio mixing was the best part about it because you literally as it's filming underwater like you kind of think like oh this is going to be sort of boring but you can literally hear the scrapes and the breathing and the uh i don't know man it was just like a cacophony of like <laughs> like i felt like i was underwater the entire time i was watching those scenes and i don't know man i thought it was a really 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 good movie oh yeah that's gonna be a nope for me um <laughs> i feel like I'm claustrophobic just listening to you describe that so yeah that, that's gonna be a hard Dude, it, like um, it, it it like got me there. The number of times that I caught myself just like breathing where I just go, because <gasps> I hadn't taken a breath in so long. It was like two or three times throughout the scenes in this movie. It was, it was really intense, really intense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good on open out on that one. I mean, I, I've seen it get great reviews. I would love to watch it, but, uh, Ooh, that is, ooh, that, that makes me uncomfortable. And, do I have the mental fortitude? Could I imagine having that? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Are you me? Yo, you'd be fine. You'd be fine <laughs> watching it. I would tap out 15 minutes if I had to scuba dive for six hours and navigate my way through all these geological features. Uh, no. no, I, th I think, yeah, I, I think, think you'd be here. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, so as listeners, if you guys have any recommendations or anything that you think that, uh, the, anything that you think that we should watch and that we can give our opinions on, definitely just hit us up on our socials. We'd absolutely love to take a listen. Um, okay. Now for the fun part of our it's, it's days, just as a forewarning, cause college football's back. 
Right. On, I mean, it, Bronco, yeah, Bronco season is back. We're going to be, yeah, we're going to be neck deep uh, with sports, but I'll always make time for my listeners and their suggestions. So, uh, we'll see. All right. <laughs> all right. Now to the fun part uh, of our, of our Wednesday broadcast. So uh, what we're going to be doing today uh, is we're going to be blind. We're going to be doing a draft basically of what the best beers are. Uh not necessarily like types of beers, but you know, things like, uh, like what, like where the best beer takes place, like which, like, when does it, when does the beer hit different as the kids say? Um, so Alec, I think what we should do is, is we should do this as a snake draft, uh, where basically I'll let you, I'll let you go first, uh, as the, as the co-host here, and then I'll pick twice. And then basically we'll have each a, a top five, uh, running list of what the best beers are. And then we'll let, uh, we'll let our listeners vote and see who won said draft. Let's do it. Okay. This is every time of day and we're both experienced in this category. So <laughs> should have strong this. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so I'll give you, I'll give you like 20, 30 seconds to think of maybe like who, of who you would want to take first overall here <laughs> as a, as the best beer. And keep in mind that we each have to come up with five. So we may throw each other off a little bit of like, Oh, we, I did not think of that beer. Oh, I did not think of that in that moment, but that is a great beer. And I'm hoping that that's kind of where we, where we come up with this. Yep. All right, let's do it. I think All, I'm right. Ready. All right. Uh, with the first overall pick caught out of office bros, best of beers draft. Scotty L selects. The Friday beer after the, a long work week. The Friday beer. Than a frosty beverage on Friday afternoon. I like it. I like it. Um, the second overall pick, I think I'm going to take the airport beer. Ooh, great. Which, Number which two is, on my board. Okay. Uh, yeah, the airport beer hits different when, like, you're about to head on, like, going on vacation. You have, you know, a little bit of time before your flight. You find a nice bar at the at the airport. Sit down. Usually for me, it's like a nice amber or something like that. Um, it just hits different because you're about to go on the, on a trip. Yeah, I have to agree with that. That's a strong pick. You know. Kid tested well in the forty time. Kid tested well at the combine on the uh, on the airport beer. It's it's a strong play, strong player. Got a bright future in this league. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then since we're doing snake draft, I get to go again. I think uh, I'm going to go with the first uh, the first camping beer. So like you're you go camping, you drive to your destination, which, you know, for us has been up to four hours before you have all these beers loaded up in the car. You haven't touched yet. That first camping beer is a solid player. Rock solid player. Definitely going to be a starter for you in the long term. Yeah. Maybe a uh, more of a heart and soul guy. Like definitely, a, floor, definitely, high, definitely high a glue guy beer. Glue guy beer. That's a locker room beer right there. Um, you know, it's a high floor, low ceiling kind of beer right there where you know it's going to be good. 
when I'm camping, I, I personally like the whiskey maybe a little bit more, but mm. I, I, I think a, a strong camping beer is always a good choice. With, with my second round pick, I can't believe this is, was passed up by you, golf course beer. Oh, love a good beer on the course. When you're playing nine with the boys, playing 18 with the boys, you get that first round right out of the clubhouse. You're on one. You just piped your drive, back it right <laughs> in the middle of the fairway while you're waiting for your friend that duffed it 15 feet. Oh, God. That, that just, oh, that hits hard. Yeah. That hits real hard. Yeah. And that's definitely improves the entire round. Oh, makes ab- the team better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the golf course beer definitely comes into a locker room, gives a little, gives a little um, inspiring speech and says, hey, boys, everything's going to be okay here. Just that inspirational player, a real leader. Yeah. Um, leader of men. You know, yeah. Someone who's just got that X factor. Yeah. All right. Snake draft. So I go again. Yes, sir. Okay. This one, uh, this one may admittedly be a little bit of a reach. This may be a later round selection in, in some people's eyes, but you're just hoping I don't snag it. I fell in love with it during, uh, during college and it's continued right on into my adult life. That's going to be a rooftop beer. Ooh. I'm a Coloradan. Colorado boy. I love sitting on a rooftop, elevated surfaces, having a nice frosty beverage. Something about being outside in the summer, sitting on a rooftop. You crack that beer, it's your lips. Oh, nothing competes. Love it. Yeah. Rooftop beer. Rooftop beer is uh, definitely, definitely a, a player, you know, definitely like a solid, solid, solid third round pick there. Absolutely. Going to play for a lot of years. Um. I'm going to, so my next beer is kind of weird, but it goes, um, it goes with athletics. So it's like, it's like the, after you run a 5k, after you go on a hike beer, does that make, does that make sense? What I'm saying after a a nice long bike ride, something like that. So I'm just going to call it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to call it. Yeah. An exertion beer. I think that's what I'm going to call it. Yeah, that, that's, that's a strong pick right there. Um, you know, someone that's going to be, it's not going to be your first round player. It's not going to be your star player, but they're going to provide the necessary depth. It's going to bring you a lot of quality, some good feelings, happy moments. I, I can't argue with that pick. I think that's a great pick. Perfect. Um, okay, and then I go again. Um, let's see. That's a lot of good beers right there. Some high quality beers. High quality beers. Um, I think my next one is just gonna be the the after work beer. Not to be confused with Friday beer. Correct. Friday beers are completely different than after work beers because Friday beers it's like, oh, it's leading up into the weekend, it's time to party. The after work beer is more of like, okay, I have to do all this tomorrow. I need to download my day. I need, I'm going to sit, I'm just going to sit for a couple of minutes and enjoy this beer. Can't argue with that. So it's another strong pick, you know, it's once again, not the star player, not the highest test results there. Um, decent score on the Wonderlick. It's, it's going to be a solid beer in this league for years to come. I'm, I'm shocked though. A lot of good beers left on this board, you know, one, especially for you as a homeowner, while I'm still living that renting life, 
<laughs> Let's have yard work beer. Yeah, that was a good one. Is yeah, that your that's, that's your next that's your next pick? Actually, I am going to go a different direction here. Okay. So there are a lot of strong players left on the board. A lot of quality, you know, guys that should have been day one picks. Falling into day two, they're kind of the Brady Quins in this situation. You know, who knows what's going to happen with them? Are they going to be sitting in the green room much longer? Whether that's, you know, the Sunday morning beer, mm. the shower beer. Mm. Shower beer is a vastly underrated player. And that's who I'm taking. The shower beer. Good okay. shower beer. And that is something that came to me in college. You know, we were getting ready for nights out, going to the Walrus, going to Rio, going to the Downer. Beer Garden, Connors, all these iconic spots in Boulder. I learned just like this. Let's just do a mass RIP right there because those bars don't exist anymore except for the downer. (laughs) Which is the biggest downer of all. Yeah, RIP to those. But who always got my nights started on a solid foot? Who was the first out to the warm-ups? Who was getting me loose? Who was getting me limber? Who was my shower beer? Hmm. They're always a consistent player. They're always going to be there for you. Once again, they're not going to be a first-round pick. They're not going to be who you want every single day. But when you need them, they're reliable, and it hits different. Shower beer is my final pick. Wait, are we doing... uh, No, you still have one. Or did you say yard work beer? I thought that was five. No, that was four. Oh, so my sleeper is still available. <laughs> Your sleeper. <laughs> All right. So my last one, not to be confused with a rooftop beer, because this is very different. I want to make this known. A patio beer. Mm-hmm. Sitting out back, you're on your patio. You crack open a cold one. You're sitting around your family, your loved ones. Take that first sip. You're watching the sunset over those beautiful Rocky Mountains. And who's there? Nice patio beer. Patio beer. Yeah. Yeah. Always a strong player. Yeah. Uh, my final pick, and this one is uh, is uh, kind of broad, I think, but but I think it, it still hits. Uh, is the it's the um God? How do I want to say this? the cocktail hour beer where you're where you're at a wedding you just did like the ceremony just happened there's they're about to have that cocktail hour before the reception there's always that kind of lag time of about an hour hour and a half in between and that first beer during those things you've been sitting there you watched some of your good friends or family get married first cocktail hour beer hits different i'm i'm about adding that in i'm even open to going generalization and going wedding beer with us or call it a wedding you know, we've seen yeah, it the first wedding beer. yeah yeah we've seen it with our boys like one of our great friends he had you know beer kids walk down the aisle and hand out some cold snacks at his ceremony right you know one of our other friends right when you walked in to their ceremony before anything started it was grab a beer i love it I'm about a wedding beer. Yeah. Wedding beers are great. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Well, I think that what we are going to do is we're going to put that those up on our socials. I wrote all of them down, so I will send those over to you so that we can uh, see see what uh, see what some of our listeners think. See what see who won uh, the best beer draft. I think that this is going to be kind of a staple in what we do uh, here on Out of Office Bros. Uh, and I also do think that that's a good time or a good place for us to wrap uh, this week this Wednesday's episode of Out of Office Bros. Do you have anything else to add? Oh, thanks for listening in. Go like, subscribe, follow us on all the socials. Look Absolutely. Back out of office with all y'all. Absolutely. Yeah. So we will be out of office again on Saturday afternoon for immediate assistance. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcast. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on all of those. We would love to hear from you best, the out of office bros.